bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, June 26, 2018. Two years ago this week, House Republicans released their tax reform blueprint. It was dubbed a better way. At the time, there was considerable discussion as to whether the blueprint would ever be introduced as a bill, and if so, what the actual legislation might include. And during the intervening years and months, there was considerable uncertainty over how a tax reform bill would affect various tax credit incentives, or if certain tax incentives would be kept in the tax code at all. At one point, a House version of the bill repealed the tax exemption for private activity bonds. The affordable housing community was relieved when the final version of the bill retained the private activity bond tax exemption. The final bill also retained the low-income housing tax credit, the 2018 and 2019 remaining rounds of the new markets tax credit, a revised, a damaged but preserved historic tax credit, as well as the existing phase-downs for the renewable energy investment and production tax credits. Turning to this week's podcast, I'm going to share an update on legislation to cut funding for critical affordable housing community development programs. After that, I'll discuss a Senate committee hearing to consider the nomination of the next IRS commissioner. Then, I'll talk about a bill that was advanced by the Senate Appropriations Committee to provide fiscal year 2019 appropriations. I'll follow that with highlights from the annual State of the Nation's Housing Report. And in Renewable Energy News, I'll outline new guidance from the IRS on the begin construction requirements for the investment tax credit. I'll wrap up this week's podcast with a roundup of other industry headlines that relate to opportunity zones, fair housing, as well as a state Supreme Court ruling on a nonprofit's right of first refusal to purchase a low-income housing tax credit property. If you're ready, let's get started. Affordable housing advocates struck a major victory last week when the Senate rejected a bill that would have rescinded $15 billion in previously approved funding, including critical dollars for affordable housing programs. The Senate rejected the spending cuts to expired and unnecessary programs act by a vote of 48 to 50. 50 no, 48 yes. The bill proposed cutting $40 million for public housing capital fund, $40 million from the rural rental assistance fund, and $141 million from the Capital Magnet Fund. The House had previously passed the bill on a vote of 210 to 206. Dozens of housing groups and stakeholders have come out strongly against the proposed rescissions. They argued that the proposed funding cuts would exacerbate the national affordable housing crisis. During the 45-day period that Congress was considering the rescission bill, funding for the programs identified were impounded meaning federal agencies could not commit, obligate, or spend that funding. Now that the period has expired, federal agencies can request that the U.S. Office of Management Budget release that funding. We expect the CDFI Fund to issue a notice of funding availability for the 2018 round of the Capital Magnet Fund in the coming weeks. In other news, the Senate Finance Committee on Thursday will hold a hearing to consider the nomination of Charles Reddick as IRS Commissioner. That's this Thursday. President Donald Trump nominated Reddick last February to replace John Koskinen. John Koskinen stepped down as commissioner in November 2017. 
You may recall David Cotter, the Assistant Treasury Secretary for Tax Policy, has been serving as Acting IRS Commissioner. Now, Reddig is a tax attorney and a partner at a tax litigation firm in Beverly Hills, California. His nomination breaks a streak of about 20 years during which Irish commissioners have come from business and management backgrounds. Reddick specializes in federal and state civil tax and criminal tax controversy matters and litigation. His expertise includes tax-related examinations and investigations for individuals and businesses. No doubt, having a tax background will be useful when implementing the $1.5 trillion tax overhaul that was passed at the end of 2017. Now, Reddick has served as chairman of the IRS's Advisory Council. He is also a vice chairman for the American Bar Association's tax section and vice president of the American College of Tax Council. If the Senate Finance Committee advances his nomination, Reddick's nomination would then need to be confirmed by the full Senate. I'll provide an update in next week's podcast on any notable news from this week's Senate Finance Committee hearing. Now let's turn to legislative news. The Senate Appropriations Committee last week advanced a fiscal year 2019 financial services and general government appropriations bill. Among other provisions, this bill would provide $250 million for the CD5 fund. That $250 million includes $182 million for financial and technical assistance, as well as $27 million for administrative expenses. Administrative expenses include those costs associated with the New Markets Tax Credit, Management, the CD5 Fund Bond Guarantee Program, and various other grant programs. Now, the proposed amount for the CD5 Fund is equal to the 2018 amounts. However, this amount is $34 million more than the House bill had proposed, and this amount is $236 million more than the President's budget request. The President requested $14 million. In fact, the administrative funding portion of this bill alone is $13 million more than the President's budget request. Now, this bill was approved unanimously, and it will now advance to the full Senate for consideration. And now let's talk about a very important study that was released last week. The Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies last week released its 30th annual State of the Nation's Housing Report. This annual report looks at housing market conditions and makes suggestions to help address the country's housing needs. The latest report confirmed that the demand for affordable rental housing continues to outpace supply by far, especially for lower-income households. What's the current shortage of affordable housing units available to very low-income households? 7.7 million homes. Now, the nation's supply of low-income rental housing shrank significantly after the Great Recession and has remained essentially unchanged since the year 2015. Now, the shortage could get even worse in the next few years. That's because rent restrictions on more than half a million low-income housing tax rate units are set to expire over the next 10 years. That's not to mention an additional 425,000 project-based Section 8 units and more than 140,000 other subsidized units that are also scheduled to have their affordable restrictions expire. Now, about half of all U.S. renters are cost-burdened. That includes a quarter who are severely cost-burdened. By comparison, the percentage of housing cost-burdened homeowners is decreasing. Now, there's another notable observation from the report. The low-income housing tax credit has overtaken Section 8 vouchers as the largest source of subsidized housing in the country. Since the low-income housing tax credit's inception in 1986, 
The program has supported the construction, rehabilitation, and acquisition of nearly 2.5 million affordable rental homes. Now, the report called for an additional increase in funding for the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit, HUD's Housing Choice Voucher, Home and Community Development Block Grant programs as well. Now, you can find a link to the study. Once again, the name is The State of the Nation's Housing 2018. You can find a link to this report in today's show notes. Also, I'll tweet the link as well. We also have a renewable energy news update for you this week. The IRS released guidance providing two methods to establish beginning of construction for renewable energy investment tax credit properties. Those are properties financed under Section 48 of the Internal Revenue Code. The two methods that are established by Notice 2018-59 are physical work or meeting the 5% safe harbor test by incurring 5% or more of the total cost of the facility in the year that construction begins. Both the methods require continuous progress towards the property's completion once construction does begin. The guidance applies to rural energy property that begins construction after December 31, 2018, after the end of this year. The IRS said it will not, that's right, it will not issue private letter rulings or it won't issue determination letters on the notice or on the beginning of construction requirement of Section 48. I think they were afraid they would get too many requests. Now, the new IRS guidance on the investment tax credit does closely follow separate guidance that had previously been issued for the production tax credit. Now, if you have any questions about meeting beginning of construction thresholds for renewable energy property, please contact an Evergrande partner near you. I've got to believe you have questions. Please reach out. Now, let's cover a number of areas, albeit rather briefly. First, regarding opportunity zones. Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey has asked Treasury to create what he calls guardrails for this new incentive. Specifically, Booker asked Treasury to create requirements, qualification requirements for qualified opportunity funds. And his suggestions include requiring statements of intent, as well as collecting metrics to measure each fund's performance. We'll await Treasury's response to Senator Booker's letter. Turning to HUD, HUD published a notice last week seeking comment on possible amendments to its disparate impact rule. As you may recall, HUD issued a rule five years ago to implement the Fair Housing Act's disparate impact standard. Disparate impact claims come up when any discriminatory effects occur, even if they're unintentional. In 2015, the Supreme Court ruled that disparate impact claims are cognizable under the Fair Housing Act. Last week, HUD's notice asked for comments on whether there should be any amendments to the HUD rule based on that court decision. Now, the notice specifically asked for comments on the burden-shifting approach, relevant definitions, as well as the causation standard. I'm not going to go into the details of what all those words mean, uh, but comments are due August 20th. If you want more information on this, please email cpas at novaco.com. And finally, the Massachusetts State Supreme Court did uphold a lower court's judgment in a low-income housing tax credit case. The case concerned a nonprofit's right of first refusal to purchase a low-income housing tax credit property. In the ruling, the court said that the nonprofit could purchase the property once a third party made a forceful offer to purchase the property. Now, the nonprofit didn't need to have a bona fide offer that was accepted with the consent of the special limited partner. 
However, the ruling specifies that the power of the general partner to accept the offer depends on the partnership language and that this ruling was based upon the agreement of the parties. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Now, as many of you know, the deadline to submit an allocation application for the 2018 round of the New Markets Tax Credit Program is this Thursday, June 28th. If you have any last-minute questions about your application, please contact a Novogratz partner near you. There's not much time left. And with that, well, that's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratz. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratz and Company, LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratz and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.